This is a client intake form, and this client intake form is going to be the information that's going to need to be gathered to be able to come up with an accurate plan for a family. So we're going to start off, and I'm going to walk you through the whole form just to make sure that we understand all the different columns. The first one being the full name, self-explanatory. The next one, date of birth. This is going to be used because we need to know about retirement plans. We need to know uh, when they're going to start receiving Social Security along with many other things such as birthday cards. Spouse's information, obviously, we got to find out who the decision makers are. Same thing with date of birth. Children. Children, obviously, are a big one. We have everything from making sure they have uh, college planning taken care of along with you know enough life insurance and health insurance to cover the kids and just make sure everybody within the family unit is actually going to be covered. Um, primary residence, this is actually going to be a, a big one just for the fact that we got to know uh, they're currently renting, do they own, which we're going to get to in a few minutes, but where they live has a big impact. Even the city and the county because of property taxes and also like reciprocal agreements with other counties if for example they want to move and they're over age 55. Um, numbers to get a hold of people, pretty self-explanatory, try to get as much of this as possible. Email information, we like to send different things such as videos and things like that so keeping a nice strong database. Occupation, uh, income, future expectations, we're going to start out, I'm going to walk you through one. Let's say we have a person that happens to be a teacher and the teacher for the most part worked for San Diego Unified. Now this right here is going to tell you from the very beginning what they do for a living, what type of retirement plan. And the more you do this, the more you start to get familiar with the type of each retirement plan each occupation would have. So a teacher, for example, nine times out of ten is going to have a what we call a 403B, which is nothing more than an, an annuity. So they're not really aware that it's even an annuity. A lot of times we're the ones that need to explain that. Um, current base salary, obviously relevant because we need to figure out not only tax consequences, but for the most part, whether or not what they're currently doing, what we want them to do are going to be two completely different things. And we want to come up with realistic expectations. Uh, teachers, let's say we're getting a 3% annual salary increase. Uh, bonuses usually don't happen with, with teachers. But uh, for the most part, we put that in there if it was relevant to their profession. Same exact duplicate information for the spouse. Uh, current tax bracket, this is something there. We can actually start to explain the difference between a marginal and an effective tax bracket. Uh, most likely though, when we're doing this, we're gonna start thinking marginal. In other words, the last dollar, how it's taxed. So let's say this person happens to be in a 25% tax bracket. Um, expected retirement tax bracket, in other words, what they believe it's gonna be in the future. If they're younger, most likely they're gonna be in the same at a later date. Most people were taught that they're gonna be in a lower tax bracket, but if we believe taxes are gonna to continue to go up, it's probably gonna be about the same. Um, expected inflation rate, um, this is a good interaction with the client, kind of introducing what even inflation is because we have tools to show them what inflation has been effectively in their personal situation. So let's say expected tax bracket happens to be 25, inflation is 3%. Uh, primary residence, the monthly payment for the most part, obviously we wanna know if they rent or they own, but let's just say they're paying $2,200 uh, per month. Uh, they're throwing an additional $150 towards their principal to pay that off a little bit faster. Let's say they bought the property back in uh, July of 2008. They paid $300,000 for it. And they put, let's say, $30,000 down. 
and they financed 270,000. They bought a 30-year term. The interest rate is 5.75%, and the current market value happens to be $250,000. Obviously, uh, we're a little bit upside down on this property, which we'll get into. Second home, whether or not they have a second home, it's basic same type of information we put in right here, and then the other real estate. This is going to be a big section to make sure everything is correct because we can actually, this is usually the largest expense for the most people and the largest debt and also the greatest asset. So making sure that this section is taken care of is a big peace of mind. It's a roof over most people's head and extremely important. Next we get into savings and taxable investments. When we say taxable investments, we're talking about things that they pay taxes on on an annual basis. So you're going to see a lot of people that have these. They have CDs. Um, B of A, we'll say, is the institution. Uh, contributions or withdrawals per year. Well, people usually put money in. They don't think about it. So let's say they're not putting more money in or taking it out. And they have 50000 in that account. The cost basis would also be 50000 So that's the money that's already been taxed. The rate of return, let's say they're just lucked out and they're getting 2% on their CD at this point. Um, capital gains isn't going to be a big issue right now, but a lot of times people have investments where a portion of it is considered capital gains, so they're going to owe some capital gains tax. And owner, let's just go with both. Um, let's say that the husband and wife was married, or we could just go with uh, husband, wife, whatever acronym is convenient. Let's say we also have maybe a savings account. We do the same thing in this line right here. Like I said, getting all this information up front just makes life a whole lot easier. Next we get into cash value life insurance. The first one is the company policy and the policy name. So let's go with uh, New York Life and let's say that it's a whole life policy. Um, they bought it back in June of 2006. They're putting in $2,500 per year. They have no loans against it. The current cash value is $3,000. The death benefit is $200,000. Uh, the named insured, we want to know obviously whether it's going to be the uh, husband or the wife. So let's just go husband. And the beneficiary most likely is going to be the wife. And we'd fill this out the same way if there are other policies. Now you're going to notice some of the policies have been around or maybe sitting around for a long time. Purchase date is a big one. Uh, mortality tables change, so in essence, a lot of times insurance actually has gotten cheaper. This is going to be one that's going to be a little, uh, a little bit dicey to get all the information. These are qualified accounts, and these qualified accounts are accounts that nine times out of ten were pre-tax. So when I say pre-tax, the money has never been taxed. So we have monies in IRAs, 401ks, SEPs, KEOGs, pensions. Um, you can put Roth IRAs in here as well. So let's just say we have an IRA and it happens to be with Fidelity. Uh, contributions or withdrawals, well, most likely they're putting money in at this point if they're in the accumulation stage of their life. So they're putting in 3000 Company match, uh, if there is a company match, like a lot of times 401ks will put a company match, but because it's an IRA, we'll say there's not. Account balance, let's say it's 25000 Annual return, probably right now negative 10%. And who's the owner of it? So for the most part, maybe it's the husband. 
401k, this is going to be a big one. This is also a good introduction to start explaining to them and pointing out what they really do and do not understand about their 401k. Uh, let's say it's with John Hancock. And the contributions are currently socking away 5000 into this. The company is matching 2500 We'll take the free money on that one. The current balance is $35,000, we will say. Once again, they're getting a negative rate of return. And this one happens to be the wife's account. So you'll notice it's fairly simple to figure this stuff out. And we need all the information to create a good picture. Defined benefits, in other words, somebody that is currently either getting something from a, a benefit plan from work, um, Social Security, railroads, pensions, workers unions, things like that. So let's just say it's a railroad union and they're getting an annual benefit of 12,000, which is a thousand a month. Um, cost of living increase. So let's assume for a minute that they get something that keeps up with inflation. So let's say it's a 3% increase. What percent of that is taxable? Probably 100% if it's uh, never been taxed. The benefit age, they can start drawing from it, let's say at 50 years old, maybe an airline pilot, something like that. And let's say it ends when they are 85 years old. A lot of times they don't even realize uh, that it actually ends. And who's the owner? Once again, the husband. These are fairly self-explanatory. It's just a matter of uh, hitting the tab button and going through them. Protection. This is a big one. This is usually when we start getting into this in retirement plans where people don't understand what they have versus what they should have. So you'll notice it's auto insurance, homeowners, renters policies, med medical policies, disability, health insurance, long-term care, umbrella policies, term insurance. Um, in other words, this is the protection. You'll notice term insurance is being put in here because for the most part, it really is being used as a protection vehicle rather than a, an investment vehicle. So we'll just walk through and go through each one. The first one being auto insurance, let's say it's Mercury. And the name of the insured, let's just go with both. In other words, we're thinking husband and wife. And purchase date, most people won't even remember when they bought their insurance, which is fine. But we can find it on the deck page. But let's say uh, July of 2008. They're paying an annual premium of $2,200. The deductible, this, they usually won't know this information, but it's crucial that you get this because we can show them how to free up money to put into other things when we show the cost of cost of savings at a later date. So let's just say they say $500 and the benefit coverage or the coverage for this plan. Most people don't know their limits on their auto insurance policy. So let's uh, let's say they are a savvy person and they say 100 300 100. Now the way this works is 100 represents bodily injury per person. 300 is bodily injury per occurrence and 100 is 100,000 in property damage per occurrence. So let's do the same thing on another vehicle hypothetically. Uh, let's move on to the homeowner's policy. Let's say that happens to be with Nationwide. And once again, they're both insured obviously. The purchase date, let's say when they bought the property, um, their current home, so let's just say July of 2005. The annual premium, a lot of times they won't know this because it's being impounded. If you get a copy of their statement, it'll really help. So collecting information and is key because we'll, we'll show you data, all the data that needs to be grabbed at the very end. But let's just say on a home they're paying an annual of $850. Their deductible happens to be $500. And their liability limits, 
and that's what we're really shooting for, which is section two on the deck, deck page. The liability limits is 500,000, we'll say. Uh, next one we have, let's say it's a term policy and it happens to be through um, New York Life. And they, we have it on the husband. Purchased back in uh, May of 2008. Uh, annual premium, they're paying $800. Uh, no deductible, obviously, it's insurance. You don't want to have a deductible, you're dead. And let's just say that that is a $500,000 year term. So we got that information because we're probably going to be able to shop and find better rates here. Um, health insurance, they may or may not pay for their own. Let's just assume that they have a blue shield policy. And they are both on it. And they don't know when they bought it. Let's just guesstimate 2007. They're paying an annual premium of in the ballpark of $6,000, $500 a month. They have a $2,000 deductible. And most policies have a $6 million, $6 million uh, limit. And we can add anything else, whether it be long-term care coverage and whatever we don't add, we can start seeing where the holes are real quick. Installment loans, we start looking at auto and uh, personal loans to other people, college loans that we have to pay back, um, lines of credit. So let's just start out with an auto insurance loan. Uh, purpose, obviously, transportation. And it'd be nice if we knew what it was. So let's just say it's a lease. Uh, monthly payment, let's say it's $450. The interest rate is 6%. Months remaining, 30. Loan, unpaid loan balance, let's just say 15,000 to keep it simple. And you do the same thing with uh, college loans, HELOCs, anything else. So once you get familiar with these right here, filling out the rest is fairly simple. Uh, debt, credit cards, this is where we start getting interesting. Our Macy's cards, our JCPenney cards, our MasterCards, our Visas. So let's just say we got Visa. And Visa, we're paying $300. Whoops, hopefully not $3,000 monthly. Monthly new charges, putting $100 on the card. Now we're starting to start thinking about where they're spending their money. And let's just say they're doing 14% interest rate and they owe $4,200. When we crunch their numbers and show them how much money they're losing on opportunity costs and debt, this is why we need all this information. So. Any kind of consumer debt, Macy's, JCPenney's, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, you name it. Whether or not they have a grace period, that's also uh, crucial. Future big expenses. Maybe we have a wedding in the future. I have a daughter personally, so let's just say wedding. And God knows what it's going to cost me. If she marries somebody Filipino, I don't think... Uh, the father has to pay for the wedding, so that's what I'm pushing for. Expected event age, let's just go my daughter is six, so let's go 20 years from now. And who's going to be paying it? Probably dad, so it is what it is. Any other additional comments we need to come up with? In other words, what's keeping them up at night, things along that line we'd put right here. And what things we need to actually bring to the meeting or what important documents are outstanding. 
paycheck stubs tell a lot. They tell a lot about not only the allowances that are being held out of their paycheck, but different types of benefits that they're getting through work, maybe a life insurance policy they're not even aware of. Statements on all their investments and securities, being able to explain to them where things are at, what they're paying to have it there, along with where their money is really in. Bank statements, always crucial, tells kind of a financial trail of where the money goes. The 1040 for the last two years of the tax return is awesome if we can get the hand on, our hands on it. Copies of all insurance policies. Company benefit statement or summary. Company benefit booklet, if applicable. Secur Social Security benefits, wills and trusts is also absolutely awesome. Insurance policies, anything that they have currently, what we can do is we have the opportunity to not only shop everything for these people, but at the same time put everything together in a nice presentable format for them. Um, that's really the intake form, making sure everything is collected. Uh, it's like anything else, if you do it right the first time, it makes life a whole lot easier. And when I say that, I know I forgot one important, important box. And that is right. The wills and trust section. I skipped over it. It's right here. Whether or not they have a will or a trust and when it was actually reviewed or updated. Most people don't realize they need to make sure it's, everything continues to stay in the trust. So let's say they don't. And let's say, obviously, it's never been reviewed because they don't have one. So that completes our intake form. I hope um, made everything pretty simple on where to find everything, spelled everything out. Uh, fairly simple. Whenever you see something in a column on the left, all the information needs to be collected. So grace periods would be a good one to check on. And that's it. Thanks for watching the video. I hope this helps.